1: MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here.
2: Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: February 26, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Thank you for coming out. I'm Trevor Noah. Our guest tonight, our guest tonight is a musical legend. A musical legend, and that is literally impossible to deny. Ladies and gentlemen, John Legend is joining us tonight. Oh, yeah. We're gonna be chatting with him, and then he's got a new song to play for us, so stick around. Take a seat, everybody. Let's get into it. Also on the show, President Bonespurs finally goes to Vietnam people are coming back from the dead and why ISIS members are saying, my bad. But first, (laughs) let's catch up on today's headlines. (laughs) Let's begin in Vietnam, where earlier today, President Trump landed for his second summit with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. Of course, Vietnam is kind of a touchy subject for President Trump. I mean, the first time he was supposed to go there, he dodged the draft. So, uh, yeah, Trump really wanted to make up for that today. So when he got off the plane, he immediately just threw a grenade at some Vietnamese people. (laughs) He was like, now I'm a war hero, so brave, so brave. (laughs) So that part was awkward. But, uh, at least Kim Jong-un's arrival went more smoothly. The North Korean
0: dictator arriving overnight on his secure train after a two-day journey through China, greeted with great fanfare and a red carpet.
2: Kim arrived early today and spent
0: the day traveling around the capital in an armored limousine with his bodyguards at his side.
3: <laughs> I'm, s- no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No matter how many times I see this, I can't get over the fact that Kim Jong-un's bodyguards have to run next to his... <laughs> like, I know it looks cool, But, like, if you're trying to get away from a shooter, you realize you can only escape as fast as your guys can run, right? (laughs) And be like, step on it, but keep up with Steve. Keep up with Steve. (laughs) It's also crazy that Kim took a two-day train ride to go meet with Trump. Yeah. Two days. That-that was the time he spent on his train. The dude has spent so much time on a train, he's starting to look like one. Like, that's what's (laughs) happened to him. And by the way, by the way, the reason Kim Jong-un takes a train instead of an airplane is uh, partly security and partly because his country is so poor that even the dictator doesn't have a plane capable of flying long distances. Yeah. And also, he hasn't figured out a way to make his bodyguards fly alongside it the whole time. (laughs) That's what he really wants. In other news, while Trump is making new friends overseas, one of his old friends is making trouble for him back home. Michael Cohen, Trump's personal lawyer and clinically depressed (laughs) goodfella, is on his way to prison for lying to Congress. But first, he's going back to Congress to make up for it.
2: This morning, President Trump's former personal attorney, Michael Cohen, begins a three-day marathon of testimony on Capitol Hill. Nothing will be off-limits in the two closed-door sessions slated for today and Thursday. Michael Cohen is about to pull back the curtain on President Trump, detailing what he says are these personal anecdotes, his firsthand accounts of how the president, he says, lied and cheated throughout his career. Cohen plans to accuse the president of criminal conduct in connection with hush money paid to women who claim they had sex with Mr. Trump. Cohen reportedly will also accuse him of making racist comments. Good Lord, this is huge. (laughs) Michael Cohen is gonna
3: testify under oath that President Trump is a liar, a cheater, a womanizer, and a racist. What other bombshells is he gonna drop? (laughs) Is he also gonna tell us that Abraham Lincoln didn't die of natural causes? That (laughs) double-stuffed Oreos are just regular Oreos with more stuff? Yeah, it's on the package. (laughs) We know. Now, look, it is also possible that Cohen can actually prove that Trump was involved in specific criminal acts, including when he was president. And honestly, it would be big news if it turned out that Trump stopped playing golf and watching TV long enough to commit crimes. That would be a pretty big deal. (laughs) So we'll definitely be watching to see what comes out of that. But first, let's move on from a disloyal Trump associate to one of the few who hasn't turned on him yet, Ivanka Trump. Last night, the president's daughter took a break from her extremely important job at the White House, to teach Democrats a little lesson about ordinary Americans. You've got people who will see that offer from the Democrats, from the progressive Democrats. Here's the Green New Deal, here's a guarantee of a job. And think, yeah, that's what I want, that's simple. What do you say to those people? I don't think most Americans, in their heart, want to be given something. they I've spent a lot of time traveling around this country over the last four years. People want to work for what they get. Mm. So I think this idea of a guaranteed minimum is not something most people want. Are you shitting me right now? (laughs) Ivanka Trump says the thing she's learned in life is that people want to work for what they get, really? the woman whose résumé just says, Daddy, I need job now? That woman? (laughs) Really? And for the record, I'm gonna call BS on this. People love getting free shit, okay? (laughs) Have you ever been to a basketball game when they bring out the T-shirt cannon? Parents will trample their own kids for a free shirt that they will never wear, all right? I've been to Costco's. I've seen people put on disguises to get a second free sample of Bagel Bites. People love free shit. And everyone, everyone. Even rich people, alright? Love, love, love Rich people are always try and be like, oh, everyone doesn't want handouts. Let me tell you something. Rich people love handouts more than anyone. All right? Uh, this is totally true. I was at the Oscars last weekend, right? And they have goodie bags for the guests, right? These like fancy, cool things that they give out. The richest, fanciest people are in the room and they're rushing to the table like millions. <laughs> and you're like, what are you doing? You're a millionaire. You have everything. They're like, yes, everything. And a Netflix blanket. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Guys, Lady Gaga kicked my ass <laughs> because I grabbed something before she could get her hands on it. And okay, it was her Oscar, but that's not the point. <laughs> that's not the point. Everyone loves free shit. Finally, let's move on to some news coming out of my home country, South Africa. <laughs> like much of the developing world, my country has been targeted by con men who are out to make a quick buck. And one of these big scams is traveling preachers who try to get donations by performing fake miracles. Yeah, and now you might be like, Trevor, how do you know that the miracles are fake? Well, watch this clip and you tell me. In this viral video, a man dressed in white is seen lying in a coffin. Pastor Alf Lecao prays for him. Elliot! Lecao lays his hands on the man. Then, the alleged deceased sits up and looks around. Seemingly surprised at what's happened, with those around him celebrating. Okay, everybody, we need to go back to LA. We need to redo the Oscars. <laughs> because I know Rami Malik killed it, but that guy, that was a better performance than Bohemian Rhapsody. Did you see him? <laughs> I'm alive! Ah! Oh. <laughs> and by the way, it's not just the pasta, man. Everyone in that video is in on the scam. You know how I know that? Because if black people really think that you've brought someone back to life, they're not gonna stand around <laughs> when that shit happens. Let me tell you something. When black people see anything that is unbelievable, we run away so fast. <laughs> like, forget dead people. This is what happens when David Blaine makes a card disappear. Open. Open it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the shit I'm talking about. All right, let's move on to today's top story. I'm not... I'm not gonna lie, people. Uh, today was a weird news day, all right? All the big news stories of today are about things that are going to happen tomorrow. It's a very strange day. Like, Michael Cohen is going to testify in front of Congress. President Trump is going to meet with Kim Jong-un and I am going to kick my neighbor's ass if he doesn't stop stomping around upstairs at 2 a.m. <laughs> Seriously, what the hell are you doing? I don't even know, like, how this person walks. It's like he only has heels. It's just like boom, boom, boom. It's like I live below one of those half horse, half men things, and then every morning he leaves the forest to go get water from his fridge. <laughs> anyway, the point is, the point is, the news is currently in a holding pattern, right? Like, nothing's actually happening. I could lie to you and say this, but there's, n- there's no breaking. It's no breaking nothing. So, I don't know, what-what do you guys want to talk about? (laughs) Nothing? Okay. Uh... You know, I'll-I'll tell you which story, uh, randomly caught my attention. ISIS. You guys remember them, right? Yeah? Well, a few years ago, they were the hot new craze, yeah? It was like Pokemon Go. (laughs) Thousands of people were signing up, running around, capturing infidels. And if you played well enough, you won virgins instead of just being one. Yeah, it was really cool. But now, after years of war, ISIS finally seems to be on its last legs. In Syria, U.S.-backed forces are getting ready for a final surge into the last town held by ISIS. In 2014, this is the height of ISIS, 30,000 square miles they controlled across Syria and Iraq. Today, the self-declared caliphate is down to a few miles just in Baghuz. It's ISIS's last stand. It's only a matter of time before the U.S. has won, and the caliphate will have been defeated physically. Wow. ISIS has gone from controlling half of the Middle East to only occupying two square miles. Yeah, their territory just keeps shrinking and shrinking. A month from now, they'll all just be squeezed into a New York City-sized apartment. Yeah. (laughs) One guy will be like, -"Oh, my God, this is the real terrorism. I can't believe we're paying $3,000 for a month for this? For this? This is terrorism! What are we doing here? And who is this person stomping around upstairs? (laughs) It sounds like half-horse, half-man learning ballet. (laughs) I think the word dissenter. Now is not the time, Farouk! (laughs) So, remember, remember, right, there are thousands of people who left Western countries. This is something a lot of people don't remember about ISIS. A lot of people left Western countries to go and join ISIS. And now that ISIS has basically been defeated, the question facing most governments is, what do they do with all the captured fighters? Uh, my personal pitch, you modify their suicide vests, and then you hire them out for gender reveal parties, you know? (laughs) Just be like, death to America! It's a boy! (laughs) So ISIS fighters from countries around the world are now waiting to learn their fate. And the part of the story that I found uh, particularly interesting is that many of the women who left their countries to join ISIS are now asking society to let them back in.
0: As ISIS makes its last stand in Syria, two women, one American, one a Brit, who fled their countries to become ISIS brides now say they're desperate to come home.
3: I think a lot of people should have, like, sympathy towards me for everything I've been through.
0: Do you think you deserve a punishment for what you did?
3: Maybe, um, therapy lessons.
0: People watching will say to themselves, well, therapy isn't enough.
3: I know that... maybe speaking against them, which... I'm definitely planning to do. Wait, so-so let me get this straight. As punishment for joining ISIS, you want to go around giving speeches to people? Like-like TED Talks? (laughs) In other words, you want us to put you in a room full of people with a little clicker, and then just trust that it's gonna go to the next slide? (laughs) That's-that's what you want us to do? (laughs) Really? Get the (laughs) out of here, man! (laughs) Maybe we should get you therapy, because that idea is batshit crazy! I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people. You can't just join ISIS and come back like nothing happened, okay? Yeah, it would be like leaving your wife for another woman, and then two years later, you just show up like, hey, honey, my side chick got ugly, so I'm back. <laughs> anyway, what's for dinner? No. And, and I, I'm, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Uh, the, the case these women are making for forgiveness isn't exactly tugging at my heartstrings.
2: Those women thought they were gonna be frontline fighters. Once they got to Syria or Iraq, they found out They were basically there for one purpose, and that was to procreate um, and get married off and have many babies, or as many babies as possible.
0: You were given a list of men, and you could choose (laughs) a man from a a list. Does that sound crazy to you now?
2: Sounds very crazy.
3: Yeah, it all sounds crazy. You went to join ISIS. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, they're like, oh, they thought that they were going to fight, and then they were, no, I'm sorry, you want me to feel bad? She wanted to join ISIS so that she'd get a chance to kill us, but then when she got there, they wouldn't let her fight? So the patriarchy oppressed. Get the out of here, man! (laughs) First of all, I don't feel sorry for you that ISIS turned out to be a sexist organization. (laughs) And second of all, how did you not know that? Did you not read the brochures? They're a fundamentalist terror group. What did you think you were going to do, find a group of terrorist woke bays? Is that what you thought? You thought the guys would be like, we're going to destroy the West, and we're going to destroy infidels, and most importantly, we're going to destroy the glass ceiling! (laughs) Who run the world? Girls! Who run this mother? Girls! Who run the world? What are you talking about? And now, there are some people, there are some people who say that these ISIS brides deserve sympathy because they were recruited into ISIS at an, impressionable, at an impressionable age as teenagers, you know, who didn't understand what they were getting into. And, look, I mean, we all went through phases as teenagers. Okay, like, for a while, I had bangs. And, yeah, <laughs> I looked really sexy. I know. But joining ISIS is next-level teenage rebellion, okay? <laughs> Which is maybe why the U.S. and Britain are giving these women a next-level response.
2: President Trump tweeted yesterday, I have instructed Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and he fully agrees not to allow Hoda Muthana back into the country. British teenager Shamima Begum,
1: who left the UK to join ISIS in 2015, will be stripped of her British citizenship.
3: They're kind of being unjust and I don't think they're actually allowed to do that. I, I don't think they're actually allowed to do that. It's funny how bad guys are the first ones to bring up the law when it suits them. Yeah, because you know what else you're not allowed to do? Chop off my head! You see my neck? Think of it as a law that says my head must remain attached to my body, okay? (laughs) That's what that is. That's a law. This thing here is a law. But... and this is a big but, and I cannot lie... (laughs) The terrorists might have a point. There is a criminal justice system for a reason, right? A president or a prime minister shouldn't just get to decide what these women deserve. That's what courts are for. And this process is honestly what separates bad guys from the good guys, right? It's the reason that the Batman has to send the Joker to Arkham every time he catches him. Because you know deep down inside, Batman wishes he could just end it once and for all, all right? You could just want to be like, just let him go. Just get rid of him. People would be like, Batman, what happened to the Joker? And he'd be like, uh, his ejector seat uh, accidentally went off in a tunnel. Total accident, uh, so what's for dinner? So as unpopular as it may sound, countries like the U.S. and the U.K., they actually should bring these women back, put them on trial, and give them a punishment that fits what they've done. All right, maybe it's life in prison, maybe it's a long sentence with parole, or if we really want to punish them, we could make them go work in North Korea as Kim Jong-un's bodyguards. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back.
2: old-school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000.
1: And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast.
2: Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is an artist who's won 10 Grammys an Oscar, an Emmy, and a Tony Award. He is the newest coach on NBC's The Voice, and his latest single is called Preach. Please welcome John Legend. Hello. Hi, everybody. Uh, Hello. I regret to tell you that we do not have time for the interview, because I had to read out your list of achievements, John. Oh. That is, like, just such a, a long list of everythingness. Aren't you tired? Do you have space for the awards? Where do you put the awards, John? Um,
0: I am not tired. I am feeling good. I'm excited to be here. And I do have space for the awards, <laughs> right next to my piano.
3: <laughs> but I congratulations, you, 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 have, you have so many awards, and most, I think, not, not more importantly, but one of the most prestigious things is you have the EGOT. Yeah, right? that's, that's pretty Emmy, cool. Grammy, and Oscar, and a Tony. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Is that like a is that like a secret club? Are you guys in like a text chain with each other? Where you... There are only fifteen of us. And, right. Um. Mm-hmm. I only have the email of like two of them. I feel like I feel like you should start a club as Egod winners, and then you have like a dinner, even if it's once a year. And then at the dinner, you just like pat yourselves, just be like, "Could you pass the salt?" Because we're the best, we're the greatest. Yes, we are. <laughs> we are the greatest. This, um, they,
0: all the rumors about the Illuminati. We could be, <laughs> we could be the Illuminati. Could be the Illuminati. Yes, that's you a could, great we, idea.
3: You could sing the theme song for the Illuminati. Yeah. That would be the Illuminati. <laughs> the thing is,
0: <laughs> if we were real Illuminati, we couldn't talk about it then. Right. So no songs. No, no
3: Secret s- songs, maybe. We'll, we'll cut this part of the interview out. <laughs> or will we? Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about the music, John Legend. Yes. You have a new song. Yes, it's called Preach. It's called Preach. And you know what, I, what I've really loved about you is you, you're an activist not just in words, but in action as well. You put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. You are somebody who has been an advocate for criminal justice reform. What is Preach about? Preach
0: isn't about any particular uh, cause. It's about saying we can't just be about words and thoughts and prayers. We have to be about action. Right. And so um, whatever that means to you, um, I think everybody should take it personally and say, you know, what in my life do I want to see change in? And I should be a part of that change instead of just talking about
3: it. Right. And you also have um, a part of the uh, campaign that goes with this really called Free America.
0: Yeah. Well, my Free America campaign has been going for years now. And one of the things we talk about is criminal justice reform, how we're the most incarcerated country in the world and we should do something about it. And so I've been doing something about it, I've been going to meet with changemakers all around the country. We've been trying to change laws. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were part of the team that uh, fought for the amendment that got uh, voting rights restored in Florida. And uh, we've been involved in uh, propositions in California that reduce penalties for certain crimes. And we've been part of uh, district attorney uh, election campaigns as well, trying to get people in office that are gonna do the right thing for the community. So we've been getting really involved all around the country, trying to make the change that we really wanna see
3: the 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 music video for preach yeah. is is really like powerful i mean it it tells a few stories of different people it tells a story of you know a young black couple pulled over by the police and how their lives can change overnight it tells a story of uh, a family of immigrants who are trying to come into the us and yeah. what happens to them do you feel that music and arts has an obligation to speak about what we're experiencing in society?
0: Well, I think artists just have to be truth-tellers, and we have to, uh, if we see something going on in society and it, and it inspires us to create, uh-huh. it inspires us to create art, music, video, whatever it is, um, then we should listen to our inspiration and go right. out there and make art that, that reflects what we're thinking about and what's happening in the world. And I think that's what an honest, authentic artist would do. And a lot of the artists that I've looked up to in my my life and in my career, like Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, Bob Dylan, uh, so many artists have used their voice to do that. Right. And so, to me, that's part of what the definition of an artist is. You, you um, Yeah. <laughs>
3: You have many views on what an artist should be, and I think that's probably one of the reasons, combined with your talents, that you have now become a judge Mm -hmm. on The Voice. Sure. That's really exciting. Yes. But it feels like a lot of your co-judges are a little threatened by you and your
0: voice. Yeah, they've been trying to shut me down. They blocked me. All of them blocked me. Right. They only get one block each, and they could use it on any coach that they want to use it on. And they've blocked you. And they all chose to use it on me. Wow. Is is is,
3: Is that a compliment, though, to you?
0: Supposedly, they all say it's because they're threatened by me, they're afraid of me. <laughs> you think it's sabotage, John and Legend. And I'm like, well, that's no c- c- consolation to me. <laughs> uh, you're trying to, you know, ruin my chances of winning. But right. it's
3: okay, I'm learning. What are, you, what are you most excited about when you work with a new artist? And, and how do you coach them? Because one thing about John Legend that, I, I mean, you may or may not know this, we, everyone knows that your voice is amazing, but a lot of people don't realize that your voice is almost... Perfect. When this guy sings live, as you'll hear later on in the show, it's... No, it's... It's, uh, it's ridiculous. I've, I've heard you live, and it's like... You know what happens? Sometimes you go to a concert, and then the artist is singing, and then you're like, what album is this from? How come does not sound like this? When you sing, I go like, yeah, I have this song. I listen to this at home. This is the same song. So what do you look for in an artist when you're trying to coach them?
0: Well, uh, part of what the whole conceit of the voice is, is obviously you want to just listen to their voice before you even turn around and see what they look like. Right. So... For, for so many of us, you know, we watch television, we see videos, and we, we're looking at the whole package. But at the beginning, it's really just about, does this voice move me? Uh-huh. And so that's what makes you turn around. But obviously, there's more that goes into an artist than just having a great voice. You have to be a good performer. Right. You have to connect with people. There's so many other things that go into You, you have to pick the right songs. You have to not get too nervous when, when it's time for you to show up and perform. And so when we coach them, we're just trying to help them be the best one they can be. That means picking the right songs, not getting too nervous, making the right choices, and hopefully they go out there and deliver.
3: Let me ask you, uh, about your President's Day, John Legend. Yes, President's Day. Because, uh... It was the coolest President's Day of my life. Yeah, you know you know why he says that? Because he was having dinner with uh, a president An by the actual name president. of Barack Obama. Yes. <laughs> That's, uh... <laughs>
0: That was pretty cool. I I can imagine it was pretty cool. I was with him and Steph Curry, who's like the greatest shooter of all time. Right. So it's like, you know, it was good times. We, we, uh... uh, Steph's wife uh, is part of a restaurant there called International Smoke Uh in in San Francisco, and they were hosting us because uh, the president was uh, doing his My Brother's Keeper Alliance uh, gathering there in Oakland. And so the night before the gathering where we were going to be on a panel together and, and talk to the young people, uh, he hosted us for dinner and uh, it was pretty cool.
3: Is it is it a little weird sitting with Barack Obama and then, like, hearing Trump give a speech the next day? Honestly,
0: it is really jarring, the just the juxtaposition. Not, not making a joke, honestly. Just listening to Obama talk and then listening to Trump talk and just the level of nuance that Obama's capable of and and just his worldliness and intelligence about right. life uh-huh. and his good character. Uh, it's just, it's actually really <laughs> jarring. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny. It's like, no, I, I, it's like know, we have a complete moron and asshole in the White House right now. <laughs> and you've been talking to Michael Cohen. <laughs> and, and. He's like, he's not a good human being. And so when you're with someone who actually is a really good human being, it's a very jarring juxtaposition.
3: Well, you know what? I'm excited to have you as an amazing human being on the show. Uh, you're going to be performing uh, the song Preach yes. for us right here in the studio. The voice as Mondays and Tuesdays at 8 p.m. on NBC, and Preach is available now. Be sure to stay tuned for a special performance after the break. John Legend, everybody. <laughs>